Hello movie lovers, welcome back to the 1980s movie crypt. Here we are again, another week, another film. This time because it's October, we're going to be doing a horror film again. Corey, what's going on? Are you ready to take a trip back in time to the 1980s? What's your method of time travel choice? Is it the, uh, the electricity room from Terminator, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, or is it just the uh, hot tub time machine? I like to take a picture of a DeLorean and then blend it in a blender with some sparkling water and drink it in a time machine. There you go. That would get you back to the 80s in a real gif. Speaking, you know, I wanted to do Foxtober where it was Michael J. Fox every week, but no, we want to do horror movies in October. Well, I figure we're still a relatively new podcast. This is only our second month of existence. You know, let's let's not be artsy fartsy here. Let's let's go with the trend and give people the horror for Halloween because that's what they want, right? Well, they do, but you know, you, I wanted to do Spooky Buddies so bad, but that's made the two thousands so. Spooky Buddies. Well, maybe you can get, you know, we got, you got to wait for another 20 years to pass. And then when people have 2000s nostalgia, then you can do spooky buddies. I'm really thinking as a bonus episode, just to air on Halloween, mm. in a commentary of it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That'd be great. But wasn't that made in like the sixties or something? Well, but I don't think it got issued onto the VHS until the eighties. That is true. You could technically count it as a home video movie release in the 1980s. <clears throat> well, anyway. the technicality everything I'm already teaching my kid before you ever play sports before you even start the match have 13 excuses ready in case you lose there you go <clears throat> winner takes all but if you're the loser <laughs> you gotta come up with some excuses mm-hmm. so yeah so we're rolling along with the horrific Halloween theme here we got a I would say at one point in time, this was a very obscure movie because it, you know, it came out on VHS, and uh, that was pretty much it. Uh, no DVD release until late into DVD release time. I think maybe like 2008, it finally came out. Yeah, and MGM, I think all it had was the, um, or no, I think it just had a trailer on it. To be honest, yeah. with you. it was real bare bones. It was fairly bare bones, yeah. And uncut, then, though. yeah, it was. It, it, that was another thing. Was this film for a long time? It was hard to get the uncut version. There was a lot of VHS rips rolling around in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, but you know, not a lot of them had the uncut version. I think the only uncut version for a while was like a Japanese laser disc or something. Laser discs, yeah, because that's how I used to have to get a lot of that stuff in the late '90s, early 2000s. I'd be buying the Japanese laser discs because they weren't super expensive. But yeah, they were always uncut. Exactly. So yeah, we're talking about the burning. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. A film that is uh, barely, I guess, barely 1980s because it came out on... Let me look at the date here so I don't forget. Came out May 8th, 1981. <laughs> Sounds like Cropsy's choking on the smoke fumes back there. Yeah, a little bit. 1981, this film came out. We'll go ahead and get it started. We have some sync instructions in case you're following along home with your MGM DVD or your Screen Factory uh, Blu-ray as we are here. 
we got to pause on the three second uh, mark. It's just the MGM uh, lion about to roar here. I want to say one, two, three, go. When I say go, hit play on your remote, and we'll get the that film was rolling. Like strange brew from the eighties when they were turning the lion's tail, going, "Make it do the noise." Ooh, do 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 do. Strange Brew reference popping up before the movie. All right. It's a great movie. It is. I'm sure we'll do it someday. All right, everybody. One, two, three, go. Roar. Lion roaring here. What's funny about the lion is after he roars, he seems kind of sleepy, doesn't he? A little bit. And and I think one thing here at Camp Blackfoot, Mm -hmm. is this like, and this would be the first thing I would think of when I watched it. Does this look like a used uh, cabin from Friday the 13th? It does. This this film, I would say, was obviously... Well, I don't know. Depending on when they would film it, it if it really was even quick enough to uh, cash in on the uh, Friday the 13th hoopla, do you think? Sleepaway Camp sure cashed in on Friday the 13th. Yeah. In the same sense, Friday the 13th kind of a rip-off of Twitch of the Death Nerve, so... That's true. Kind of. Not as great as people say it is yeah this film came out literally almost to the day a day after friday the 13th friday the 13th the original one came out may 9th 1980 the burning as we said before may 8th 1981 so literally the same release weekend just the following year so maybe they were trying to steal a little bit of uh you know well i'm the same special effects guy you know worked on did savini work on he worked on this did he work on the first friday I'm pretty sure he at least did the uh, version of Jason that pops out of the the pond at the end. I'm not sure if he did all the blood effects. I think he did, though. He did the Kevin Bacon, I know, because I remember him talking about how he did it with the, you know, the arrow through the throat. Right, right. Yeah, here we have, uh, in case you're not watching with the DVD, here we have basically a a, a group of uh, kids at a camp. They're going to... Play a joke on Cropsy, who is the, uh, what, do you, what would you say, I guess the handyman and gardener for the camp? Yeah. Yeah. Let's make make some moves. Yeah, he's just a, he's kind of like Willie on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Willie might be based on this guy. Because I'm sure the guy from Hatchet's based on him. <laughs> Victor Crowley. <laughs> I say it's the same damn name, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much Crowley Crowley, but it's it's different legends. Cropsey was actually a New York-based uh, urban legend about a killer, and there's actually a documentary out there called Cropsey. I would actually highly recommend anybody who has Netflix streaming to go watch the Cropsey documentary. It's it's actually very chilling and a lot scarier than any of the movies that were based on the Cropsey legend. Another movie that was loosely based on the Cropsey legend was Maniac. Uh, madman mars and there was actually a funny story where the the story uh filmmakers of maniac found out through the actors they were auditioning that there was a very similar movie being made so they called up the people making the burning which would have been actually believe it or not bob and harvey weinstein they were the screenwriters and producers of this movie so in a way this is kind of like the first miramax movie ever even though it's technically not a miramax movie but anyway madman it's yeah. one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, I would disagree. I find it highly entertaining. I would, in fact, oh. I would say it's the highest quality. Oh, it is garbage. <laughs> but anyway, 
<laughs> we'll save that debate for another day. But basically, yeah, they the the productions, you know, got together. They exchanged scripts, and uh, I think there was a few changes made to uh, at least Maniac. I'm not sure about the Burning, but try to make the movies not so similar because they're both loosely based on the Cropsey legend. But obviously, the Burning being more direct, you know, calling the actual character Cropsey, whereas Madman had Madman Mars. I remember that when they were talking about doing a Madman remake for a while, they'd talk of Kurt Angle playing the lead. I believe that was Kurt Angle that was doing all that talking. Still, <laughs> someone told him it was a hot horror remake, and he wanted in on it probably. So yeah, we get we get to the prank here, which I never really understood. The prank is they just they they dug up what was it a corpse's head? <laughs> yeah, and then lit it on fire. Yeah. That's a pretty even even for a kid, you know, as a fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old kid, I don't know if I would have been to play a joke on me like wanted to defile a, a human corpse, you know what I mean? Well, I don't get why you would find a lot of humor in it. Like yeah. he, they and they're not making any they're not wearing bags or anything over their head. Like, aren't they afraid this guy's gonna, you know, come beat the shit out of him? Yeah, when he wakes up here he sees them clearly in the window, you see all their faces. And they're all huddled in there because they want they want him to see all their faces apparently. But yeah, he wakes up and he sees the candles are in the the eyes of the worm ridden skull. So he knocks it over straight onto his bed. And this was a was highly this fucker, was this fucker sleeping like in gasoline soaked uh, blankets? Cause... <laughs> yeah, highly flammable. I mean that 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 went up so fast. I get when you knock the gasoline, but come on. Yeah, well, just the That's gasoline right. fumes alone, he, he probably would have suffocated in his sleep. You know, obviously this is a, a stunt man doing the burn here. You know, the titular burning here clearly has a motorcycle helmet on now for some reason. Yeah, well, you didn't want to go diving down that cliff without one. <laughs> yeah, and even if, even though it's in the slow mo, you can tell it's still a pretty long burn. Yeah, Tom Savini was he was good for it. That's the downside. I'm watching the Blu-ray here, and uh, mm -hmm. that's the down. Uh, only thing I'll say downside sometimes in the Blu-rays when they get them cleaned up the way they're meant to be for real people, yeah. um, you do spot things like helmets, wires, mattresses. Well, see that, that that's kind of let's get into that for a second here. Obviously, this is a retro-centric podcast here, and. Um, you know, what do you, a lot of people, oh, this is too cleaned up. But they don't understand, like, people think the VHS that they grew up that was blurry and you couldn't see the imperfections, they think that's, like, the real version of the movie. And then they no. take then they take the VHS and, and, and somehow do magic on it. No, what you're seeing, the effects being as, you know, whatever, as parent as they are, that's actually what was on the big screen in the theater when people saw this originally. Yeah, people just didn't catch it back then. Yeah. Most people don't catch it now, in all honesty, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate hearing that. You gotta watch it the way it was meant to be. Well, the filmmaker didn't film it with, you know, an old tape that was full of wrinkles. Um, <laughs> it's on stock. No, it's yeah. It's just cleaned up. Yeah, what, what, you're, what you're seeing now with the Blu-ray is just literally uh, basically a computer scanning in the actual film print, which is, if there was a way it was meant to be seen, it's actually this. Now, you know, I've always been a little critical of the Shout Factory. Hey, you know. Though I call them Shit Factory. They done 
fucked me on a few things there that they didn't fin- make season one, two, three, four, but don't put out the fifth and final season. But I- I'll give them credit. I think they their Scream Factory now, they, they put out a little too much. I liked it better when they were only putting out like maybe one every month or so. It's easier to buy them. But uh, they do a nice job. I, I can't say that they don't do a... I think the special features sometimes cheat you, but as far as like the the presentation you get, they're, they're gorgeous looking Blu-rays. Yeah, I mean, occasionally you might see like a scratch or something on the film, but overall, like people don't remember. But when you bought like a the early DVDs, when you bought a DVD of like a hundred million dollar movie, they were all scratched up back then. Oh yeah. And these th- these films, you know, they have to, you know, so they vary by film because you know a lot of these cheap independent films from the early 80s they um you know they weren't kept the the film print wasn't kept in the best condition but for the most part you know for the most part like these actually look amazing considering how old these film prints are yeah and it's um i just get sometimes critical when it's like look at all the special features yep the same things on the region 2 dvd i think they've gotten lazy yeah special features but the, the final product always looks good yeah, well, the special features, you know, in terms of making new special features, I think we kind of have to accept that how many special features we get is a reflection on how well these titles are selling. And, you know, you know, all people kind of live in the horror bubble, I'll, I'll call it, where they think this is the biggest thing going on. But I, I have a feeling that Scream Factory, even though they're making money, they're probably making money because they're putting out so many titles. I don't think each individual title is really selling a whole hell of a lot. No, because I think there's a lot of people out there that, well, and horror fans too, they're notoriously, like we've said before, cheap thieves. So, <laughs> yes, they are. You know, oh, this is going to be, I can't, it's finally getting a release. Oh, did you check out that DVD? Did that Blu ray? No, I got my rip off of the YouTube. <laughs> yeah. What do I need that for? So, yeah, so here we had, you know, the aftermath scene of Cropsy in the hospital, just kind of a little scare jump scene of him, his burned up hand coming out and grabbing the nurse guy who was making fun of him. Now we cut to, you know, after the credits, five years later, he's, fi- he's finally getting out of the hospital from being burned up. <laughs> I wonder who paid his bills that whole time. Do you think it, the only thing I can think of is the camp had, you know, it had to be a, uh, uh, workers' comp uh, type situation. Now, why didn't Cropsy sue those kids? He could have sued their families for everything they own. Or he could have waited five years and got a pair of garden shears and got his revenge. Yeah, see, that's the other thing. That, that some of these slasher movies, they leave you, who's the killer? A lot of them in the 80s, they didn't do that. They introduced mm. the killer in the first clip. Yeah. See, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I kind of find the whole, the whole who's the killer kind of a waste of time, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, and especially after Scream, which I like the first Scream. I actually kind of yeah. like the TV show, too. But uh, it, it, now it's just like, okay, that's the most unlikely choice. That's the killer. And, and you're right. You know, now yeah. they just try to make it like the most asinine. So... Yeah, here we have Cropsy. He basically, uh, you know, after getting out of the hospital, what was the first thing a man who's been burned up, you know, in New York? He's been burned up. He finally got out of the hospital bed. He can walk around now, completely disfigured. What's he going to do? He's going to go to a porno movie, and then he's going to find the nearest hooker, right? Is he on 42nd Street? <laughs> if he wasn't, it was probably 43rd Street because he looked quite sane. <laughs> 
It's a nice looking hooker. Hookers are very attractive in movies, but yeah. in real life, they, they're not really putting out that kind of looks. No, yeah, I actually saw a lot of hookers um, uh, last week. I saw a lot of hookers walking around, and uh, I gotta say, um, I don't know. Like, it's not necessarily that hookers are the ugliest. It's just they their better days are always behind them. You know what I mean? Yeah. This hooker now, when I see her on Blu-ray, is not attractive. No, more of a like from the neck down, I got a decent hooker body, but from the neck up, possibly a Caitlyn Jenner situation. I would say. Yes, you mean Bruce Jenner? I refuse to yeah. call him Kate. Kate plus eight. Now she was hot. <laughs> was she? Kate, Kate plus eight, Demont, yeah, Kate Gosselin, oh yeah, I would have done her. She had a lot of surgeries. Yes, she did. That's what made her hot. Yeah, kind of like the Octo Mom. Yeah, she's just gross. <laughs> But she looks like Angelina Jolie, supposedly. Yep, that's why I say she's gross. <laughs> Here we are. There, there ain't nobody out there thinks Angelina Jolie's hot. For some reason, the media does. Like People Magazine, like they, oh, they think she's amazing. Here, here, Caitlyn Jenner's getting stalked right here. Yeah, just the hooker here, very taken aback by Cropsey's uh, ugly appearance. That's why he's he's getting mad. He's telling her your name is Bruce. Oh, yeah, grabbing the scissors. <laughs> nice shot there. I like practical effects. Yeah, I, I don't really go much for the CGI that's going on now. But yeah, this is almost like uh, Giallo here with the black gloves and all that, not seeing the killer's I face. <laughs> oh. You know, that is one of my best, my, of, of, as the horror genre goes, Giallo's are my least favorite of the bunch. Those movies are so boring. Well, that's why you got to Americanize it, make it exciting the way the burning did. I mean, I like a couple for what they are, but for the most part, I think I own 30 or 40 Giallos. I think I like two. Yeah. <clears throat> Isn't that... Okay, now catch me wrong, but you see the guy at the end here. Movie trivia time, fans. I'll yeah. tell you, you can answer. Uh, before sports bras were invented there. Yeah, that's just a ridiculous bouncing chest shot there. Okay, one of the guys catcalling there is in the plaid shirt. He's at the very end on the right side. I'll point him out again. Yeah. There's a young Jason Alexander. That guy. See that guy right there in mm-hmm. the plaid shirt? Yeah. Wasn't he a moving violations? Isn't he the one that drove the puppeteer truck? Was date the punk rock girl that was only 14? You know, I, I can't quite remember because it's been a long time since I've seen movie violations, but I can tell you that that was Brian Backner. This is right before his career exploded when he got... Uh, Cast it as the Ratner in the Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm pretty sure that that's the same guy from Moving Violations. Very well could be. Now, Jason Alexander, I, I, I'm, I'm curious here. This is 1981 here that they filmed this or released there, probably 1980 when they filmed it. Um, do you think that's Jason Alexander's real hair or not? I think I'll look at it again, but I'm leaning towards the no. Yeah, I think he was. A, you're right. He was in movie <laughs> violations. Brian Backner was. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think so. Although Br- mine fell out fast, but I don't know. Yeah, Brian Backner is Scott Grieber in movie violations, 1985. Yeah, I love that movie. That's where you get to see John Murray play Bill Murray on the big screen. Mm-hmm. 
Bill Murray has confirmed to be in the new Ghostbusters film. Yep. I think the new Ghostbusters film is going to uh, do about as well as the new Fantastic Four. <laughs> um, I predict, though, that the new Ghostbusters movie will be two hours and 28 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Paul Feig, he can't, he can't, you know, he can't do anything under three hours. You better start dumping like weight gain and Melissa McCarthy slim fast because that's his meal ticket right there. That's true. All right. I, I will go on a limb and say that this was uh, influenced by Friday 13 because already we have those leering uh, forest wood shots here. Okay. Friday the 13th, Halloween. What was your, which one did you like better? Oh, by far, Halloween. Oh, okay. Friday the 13th has some... I mean, I like Friday the 13th, but... I don't know, there's something about it. It just seems very raw, like a porno movie. Halloween, my only downside was the continuity kept changing. In terms of what? Well, Donald Pleasant's getting, you know, dying in real life. Really fucked that series up. Oh, I'm just, I'm just talking about... I, I thought you were just talking about the original films. No, I'm talking about the series in general. Uh, the series, see, I think Friday Thirteenth as a series might be better because it started out with an okay movie and then they made a bunch of okay movies. Whereas I think Halloween started out with a really good movie and then they made a lot of bad movies after. Yeah, like I think Halloween. I love Season of the Witch, but I don't consider it part. But I, Halloween too. I, I mean, it's okay. Everybody says how it's like the most perfect slasher movie ever made. It's like you know, that's that's got a lot of a lot of lull in there. Yeah, there's a lot of filler, I would say, Halloween 2. <laughs> here we go. We're getting all the girl talking at the summer camp here. You know, all these summer camp movies, whether they be comedies or horror films the way this one is, um, they're pretty much, uh, you know, they, they set up. There's the boys on one side of the camp and the girls on the other side of the camp, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and one's always got to sneak over to the other side for sex. Exactly. Meatball started that, I believe. Meatball started the trend, I would say. Although Meatballs 4 is the best in that series. You think so? The one with Corey Feldman? Yeah, that's where it was a, a water ski park, and he had to save the park from the evil park. Because <laughs> that has a lot to do with summer camp. Well, they were there for summer camp, at, you know, learning jet skis and skiing and stuff. He was the instructor. Exactly. Now this you know, the dirty camp versus you know the, the rich camp. You know that formula is always going to work. Yeah. Now this film supposedly the budget estimated by Wikipedia is one point five million. I'm going to have to say oh, is, it was shit. it was probably about half that. Wouldn't you say? Uh, um, uh, that might be darn generous there. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was clearly filmed out in in a probably a real cabin out in the woods. Yeah. Which, it was probably abandoned. The only thing that makes me think they might have had a little bit of money was they actually got um, Rick Wakeman from the band Yes to do the score for this. So they got a, a pretty famous rock musician to do the you know, the keyboard score. When back then, I think you could have just got like a Casio guy for like 20 bucks. Because well, Tom Savini was not a big money name at this time. No. He just was a working guy. Like, hey, how much does it cost to make this rubber bullshit? Give me a couple grand on top of it for me to live off of. And that's probably what you could have got Tom Savini for back then, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know how he 
him up to be so big. I, I don't really know what it was. Yeah. I think probably just Fangoria magazine. True. Probably, I, I have a feeling he makes more money off that school than he did any of these movies. Oh, I would believe so, because believe me, it's not cheap to go to that school. The weird thing is, have you ever heard of anybody that graduated there that went on to fame and fortune? Well, it's pretty impossible now that people only want to see CGI in films, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I know Fred Vogel graduated from there. Did he? All right, here we get a long shower scene. They, they showed, like, that's how you would fill time in these camp movies. Is They literally showed her walk all the way from the cabin across the street to the shower house. Like, <laughs> And then there's, all the showers have to be in slow motion. Yeah. And then finally they show her breast. And they're not cutting away from this breast shot, are they? No. No, it is. This is, I bet this looks a lot better than that eighth generation VHS. Well, the VHS wouldn't have been a widescreen, so maybe her breast got cut off in that. That's right. You might have just seen like the top of an areola. Yeah. We're getting a full boob job here. Yeah. She has well, nice boobs. The 80s women had nice boobs. Yeah, they were shaped a little different than what you see now, but uh, they were nice. Mm-hmm. She's kind of pretty, too. Yeah, even with no makeup on. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, soap suds that came out of that shampoo, though, I gotta say. Obviously, Jason Alexander's gonna figure out a way to make him her his, you know, or he's gonna beat her ass. Yeah. Didn't he smack around Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman? Uh, yeah, I think there was some. He got, like, he he said it was his turn now, and she didn't want to do that because she wasn't a real hooker anymore, then he did something. Was it that she wasn't a hooker anymore? She was contractually obligated because Richard Gere brought her whore ass for the weekend. I think she just was following her whore love. I, we have to research. Did did hooking become more of a career after that movie? Oh, I bet it did. Uh oh, there there goes Backner running out of the shower house. Was he the one spying on the boobs? Well, and if he was, could you blame him? Yeah. Cause, you know, who was he in Fast Times at Richmond High? He was the nerd. Okay, he was the nerdy kid who worked at the movie theater. He's best. Oh, yeah, he was yeah, best, best friends, friends with Damone. Yeah. And Damone. Damone was always didn't take her for the abortion because he had helped his dad clean a garage. <laughs> yeah. Which speaking of Damone, don't you think this other Italian guy back here almost could be Damone? Yeah, he looks almost just like him. Yeah. And I actually kind of like this part of the movie. Where they act like it's just this huge dramatic problem that the guy was, like, looking up boobs in the shower room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they act like, how will we ever solve this problem? That's what they act like. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, like, it's the it's the end of the world. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you just tell whoever the owner of the camp was and have the guy kicked out? You know what I mean? I would. Yeah. Or if I was the guy, I would probably been smart enough to drill a hole somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Like in Porky's. Yeah, you would think Porky's would have shown them how to do it. Well, think of Porky's because Ball Bricker from Porky's was the sister at Motel Hell, another yeah. 80s horror movie put out by Scream Factory. That's right. Yeah, these are, I guess these two people, this guy and this girl, they're like the senior camp counselors, so they have to deal with the problems as they come up. And they were really perplexed. What are we going to do here? And then finally he just kind of gave her a wink and said he'll take care of it. Don't be looking at them titties no more. Okay. And uh, Backner right. here, he, he acts so uh, 
I don't know, he acts so awkward, like, like it was an accident that he somehow ended up in the girls' shower room. He kind of acted awkward in everything I've seen him in. Yeah, he does. And then all, like, I saw him in a bunch of stuff, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, he when he did Moving Violations, that was kind of his last big movie. He was in a police camera movie after that, but I, I don't... Oh, yeah, I think it was in part three. Yeah, he was in... But I think it was coming to an end for him there. I love Moving Violations. That's one of my favorite comedies. I actually haven't seen it. I saw it a bunch of times on HBO, but I haven't seen it, um, you know, in recent years. You can get it on DVD. Really? Yeah, I know that because I have it on DVD. I'm attempting to find out what happened to Brian Backner right now. All right. Because there's not much going on at the moment. They're just, you know, sitting around the table. Yeah. <coughs> I His... apologize to our fans. I've got, I've got a cold on its way out. Yeah, I'll try to edit some of the coughs out. Uh, yeah, the... but if you did that, you'd be fucking up the commentary time. No, I, I could just mute that clip. It, it would oh. be quiet while you cough. Can I bring my dog in to bark? <laughs> well, I think that would be shtick infringement a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brian Backner, uh, his last real role really looks like was in 2000 in the movie Loser, which wasn't oh, that big of a hit. I didn't care for that movie. No. And then he, it, then he, there was a 12-year gap when he appeared as the middle-aged guy slash dentist in the movie Vamps, <laughs> which was a looks like a, a girl uh, vampire like um, comedy of some sort, Alicia Silverstone. I'm sure that was, was that thin Alicia Silverstone or fat Alicia Silverstone. It was thin Alicia Silverstone. Uh, she didn't make movies when she got fat. Yeah, I don't really. But I never, even when I saw her when she was fat, supposedly she wasn't that fat, I didn't think. but No, not like they made her out to be, but I never thought she was a good actress. Mm-hmm. I see, a, I'm seeing a picture from a Fast Times reunion at some award show with Backner, Damone, Sean Penn, and Judge Reinhold. Backner pretty much looks the same as you think he would, he just looks like an older version, you know. Sean Penn got all jacked up on roids. Oh, yeah, that last action movie he made, he was super jacked up. Everybody was saying, I don't know if I can see Sean Penn as an action hero. I'm like, well, you see that he's bigger than Vin Diesel now. Like, <laughs> it's not too hard to imagine. And he's done action movies before. Oh, yeah, hasn't sure. He? Yeah. Lots of them, probably. I mean, if not, he's done movies where he's played killers and shit. Bad boys. Yeah. They had a nice big 10-minute fight at the end. Gangster Squad, he was the bad guy in that. He did a lot of shit. Yeah, it's an okay movie. Yeah. I was like at close range where he puts a, a gun to uh, Christopher Walken's face. And uh, if we would have done Foxtober, we could have done Casualties of War. Yeah, where they keep gang raping somebody. Yeah. This is Brian De Palma movie, isn't it? Uh yeah yeah it is, I believe that's John C. Riley's first movie. Yeah, and I believe also John Leguizamo's as well. Star of the Pest. That's right. None of these people have anything to do with the burning. All right, getting back to the spectacular cast <laughs> now. The burning. We have a new addition now. You get Backner here on the right. You got Jason Alexander on the left. In the background there, you get a literally a fourteen-year-old Fisher Stevens. 
Who the fuck is Fisher Stevens? Fisher Stevens actually became infamous in the 80s for playing the Indian guy in Short Circuit, even though he was not of Indian descent. Did you know that? Did you know I've never seen that movie? It was actually really good. And to be honest, when I was a kid and saw it, I had no clue who Fisher Stevens was. I thought he was a real Indian guy. Is that Clancy Brown's brother? No, it's not, but this this guy here plays a real jackass. And then one of these background girls, and I'll be honest with you, I can never point out who it is except for maybe like one scene, but Holly Hunter is like one of the background girls who never has any lines. She's just always standing around. I see the fat girl over there. Yeah. Now let me ask you this question. If you don't know how to swim, why are you in swim trunks on a pier? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was getting ready to jump. <laughs> Zamir is Jason Alexander, even though he's supposed to be a kid in this. We have another one of these guys that looks old. Yeah, he's clearly middle-aged. Now, he got in the water and his hair got wet, so I'm thinking maybe it's not a wig that he's wearing there. That's possible. I mean, it might all fell out fast. Yeah, I don't know exactly how old he was at this point in time. Yeah, that doesn't really look much like a rug, but I don't know. Let's see. I'm looking at his high school yearbook. He had a lot of hair, but it didn't exactly look like his hair in this movie. It could be a toupee. I mean, all those things can get wet. Yeah. Don't worry, I've looked into them. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Some I don't. Madcap hijinks here. Yeah. They got a pellet gun. They're gonna shoot some girl in the butt. Pellet gun was used to assassinate a senator. That's right. And that was nineties. I see. A, I'm look on YouTube. You can find a Hershey's Kisses commercial with Jason Alexander, where he sports some some uh, hair similar to it he did in the the Bernie. Let's see. Let's take this guy to line up a shot. There he goes. Yeah. You know, there's technically four of them. They could whoop his ass. Yeah, I mean, that guy is kind of like a big jock compared to them <laughs> guys. But if they all ganged up... four of them. Yeah, they could beat him up, I think. Do you think four wimpy guys could beat up one kind of, like, muscular guy? It's possible if they work together. Yeah. If they were to... Fan- and if that girl helped. Yeah, maybe if that girl jumped in a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of the Fantastic Four, you know, there's four of them. That's right. They and they always beat Doctor Doom by ganging up, right? That's their whole thing. In, in every version of every movie. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it weird that in all the versions of Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom is never a guy in a robotic suit. It's just always a guy who got metal skin for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh... <laughs> I'll be honest. That's the only thing that's kind of keeping me from seeing the new one. I'm like, I want the real Doctor Doom, you know. I want to know how in this new one, Johnny Storm and Sue Storm are brother and sister. Yeah, they're, uh, what do you call, what do you call it, the, like, Brady Bunch, blended family? Yeah, and I want to know how, why the thing is just some skinny dude. Yeah. Isn't the thing supposed to be, like, a middle-aged Goomba type guy? Yeah, yeah, Michael Chiklis was perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to know if they hate Mr. Fantastic, because, you know, it's like... You're invisible. 
You're the invisible girl. You're a big, ugly rock thing. You're the thing. You can turn into fire. You're the human torch. I can stretch my arms, so I'm Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Shouldn't he be Mr. Stretch? Something like that. That is weird. I didn't hate the original two Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, like, I mean, I I was pretty disappointed by how kind of... Not even really how corny, but how cheaply made they were. I will say that. But I but I re- I rewatched the first one recently and it, you know for what it was you know it was okay. It was kind of geared more toward it was PG. It was geared more I think just towards the kids. Right. I okay. didn't hate the Roger Corman one though to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean to me it's just an idea that's always going to be inherently on the campy side. I would think. I'm trying to figure out though someone who's invisible in all these new movies also has psychic powers to throw invisibility bolts. Yeah. Speaking of invisibility. Clearly, nobody saw Cropsy leap lurking around the camp here until Backner did. And they all just think he's paranoid. Yeah, he pushed, I mean, he literally pushed his, like, greasy, uh, burned-up face up onto the window, and nobody saw it but one guy. Jason Alexander actually looks like, they all look about the right age for camp counselors and shit like that. Yeah, I would think most camp counselors would be... You know, probably older college kids, you know. Makes the most sense. Yeah, either recent high school graduates or, you know. I wish they'd have made a Friday the 13th movie, you know, where the kids were at the camp. Yeah, they kind of did one in part six. There were some kids hiding in a cabin, but not many, right? Yeah, I think it was just a few, because it's always usually... He seems to try to kill everybody a week before camp opens. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. <clears throat> He's trying to keep a low profile. <laughs> yeah. That's why I liked in part nine, which that's my favorite one. I know most people hate it. Just that he was actually on the FBI's most wanted list, which <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to suspect that after the week before camp opens every year, somebody's slaughtering people. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good time to send in the FBI a week before Camp Crystal Lake opens, wouldn't you think? Remember, that's how they got him. They got him in the stakeout. <laughs> yeah. I like Part 9. I don't care what anybody says. That's a fun movie. Part 9, you're talking about Jason Goes to Hell, right? Yeah, I liked yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just, you know, compared... Compar- I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, there's some horror movies I didn't care for at the time that they came out, but I like now just because it's actually illegal to make horror films because you can't release an R-rated oh, film in theaters anymore, can you? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Now, this part, it's kind of funny. Jason Alexander, he's like the bully of the girls, it seems like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pulling pigtails and shit. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. <clears throat> there seems to be... these girls here really that pretty. No, they're not. They're not. But it seems like there's, like, literally not a real adult anywhere in this camp, wouldn't you say? Mm-mm kind of makes it easier for Cropsy to go on his spree. Jason Alexander, one of the more older ones. Yeah, he's probably like 22 or something. They left him in charge. For some reason, is it just me or does it seem like Jason Alexander has a huge wardrobe of uh, football shirts? <laughs> yeah, maybe he played high school football like Al Bundy. Yeah. But they're not they're they're not quite jerseys. They're just, remember in the eighties there was always football shirts you could buy. <laughs> you still can, yeah. The t shirt that's designed to look like a jersey. Yeah. 
The poor man's jersey. I like Fisher Stevens' terry cloth V-neck cleavage <laughs> pullover shirt here. Those were all the rage. Yeah, like it literally like opens his chest up down to his nipples, even though he's like a young boy with no chest hair. There's your adult right there. Finally, yeah, there's one. Gotta get him out of the mess hall because no one calls it the cafeteria in the movies. Yeah, is he wearing a fanny pack? Yeah, he is. I miss the fanny packs. Well, wow, fanny packs are around earlier than I thought. If it was in this movie, I loved fanny packs. If they weren't style, I'd wear one right now. Yeah, they're if awesome. It, if it wasn't a fanny pack, maybe it was like a belt with a canteen on it. But it looked like it was. Yeah, that, that did look like a fanny pack. Fanny pack he was wearing around his upper waist, but <laughs> to the side. That kind of up there high. You know it's an awesome camp when they can just put uh, signs on trees that say, this way to the lake. Mm-hmm. Because you obviously couldn't find it on your own. Yeah. Now, I, re- I never went to a full summer camp. There was a few times where I went to, like, a week-long camp or something. but um, Or, like, a weekend camp. But, uh, you know, my first exposure to any type of camp was these horror films. And I guess because there were so many set at a camp in the 80s, you know, these types of old lamps, like, with the, the lid on the top, like, to me, that yeah. that became just as scary as, like, Dracula's chandeliers, you know what I mean? You kind of wonder if, if camp uh, uh, enrollment went down in the 80s because of all these movies. Well, it either went up or it went down because these films also made it look like everybody was fucking at camp, too. That's true. I've never been to camp. Um, never have been, so I don't even know if they have any around here. Yeah, I don't know. Like, when I was a kid, uh, there would be things like a day camp. Like, you would basically go, you know, basically be like school, but you wouldn't be learning anything. You'd just be doing arts and crafts all day. Yeah. That's but, what my son went to that during the, it was called day camp. They go, you know, instead of going to like a daycare or something during the summer, yeah, that's where he went. You know, I took him in the morning, picked him up, you know, when I got off work. But yeah, they would go on field trips and do stuff like that. Yeah, I did that when I was <laughs> probably five, six, seven years old. But I never went to, I, I went to as far as like a school field trip, I went to a weekend camp where you actually stayed in like the bunks and all that. And then the other camp I went to in high school, I went to a basketball camp, but that was actually on a college campus, so I was staying in college dorm rooms, so it wasn't really like, you know, your camp. You had a TV at least. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was normal size rooms, it wasn't like, you know, you had like one guy sleeping in the room with you, it wasn't like 20 people in a bunk bed. Yeah, it's... Now, of course, everybody's getting scared because Wagner saw Cropsey, and nobody believes it, of course, but they're still scared a little bit. So, old Fisher Stevens thought Cropsey was getting them, but it turns out it was just the older camp counselor. And I'm assuming this here, this view is from Cropsey's point of view. Yeah, he lurks around a lot, and you can tell it's Cropsey's point of view because the, the edges of the lens are smeared with Vaseline. Do you think that's because Cropsy's eye got burned out, or what happened? I just want to know why Cropsy came to revenge against a different group of kids. Right. I think there's some... Is there, isn't there? Is there some twist, though, here, where, like, some of these kids are the grown-up versions of the younger kids or something? I can't remember. They couldn't, it couldn't be their kids, because it's only been five years. Right. I think he just went back, was like, oh, shit, I was gone that long. I'll just get these guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, we don't know what his uh, psyche 
what kind of shape he was in after that trauma. He might not even know that's fibers. He might think it's like the next day or something. Sleepaway Camp is probably the worst camp killing movie, but it has the best ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, that's a infamous. I, I'll never forget when I saw that on HBO. And my jaw just dropped. Yeah, same here. And the thing I had no idea. Yeah, and the thing was, is like I was watching that movie with my dad, and like to me, it was like the most mind bending thing possible. But like my dad being an adult, to him, it was just nothing. <laughs> I was just kind of like, what the fuck? But like leading up to it, it was like, God, this movie stinks. Yeah. So I usually tell most people, yeah, you know, if you can suffer through 89 minutes, that last minute payoff is sure awesome. <laughs> yeah. To this day, I think it's, you wouldn't see that in the movies nowadays. Mm. No, definitely not. And well, also too, there's something about when you're a kid, you, you can't figure out how the way things are done. Whereas if you look at the way that final scene is done, as a kid, you're like, how, how is that possible? How did, what, who, is she really a blah, blah? But where an adult can look and be like, yeah, I can tell that's a mask. <laughs> yeah, that's... I remember part two being more goofy. Yeah, I've seen part two. Part two is actually really fun, even though it's a completely different Angela, though, unfortunately. And she came back from the psych ward to be a camp counselor. Yeah, and nobody noticed. <clears throat> yeah, the, the thing I like about this movie, too, is, I mean, you got Cropsy sneaking around and stuff, but um, this scene definitely was taken out Friday the 13th. But uh, you have Cropsy oh. sneaking around, but they do let you just be like a Meatballs camp movie for about the first half hour here, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, because truthfully... With the exception of that kill in the beginning, nothing really has happened since. That's no. kind of as, and as a slasher movie, that's kind of not good. No, well, that kind of shows that they didn't quite have the formula down. They thought what they thought the formula was just go to a camp and be scary. They didn't realize the formula was you got to kill somebody every ten minutes. Yeah, it's Friday the Thirteenth perfected that. Yeah, they had ballers and shot callers of camp slasher movies. <laughs> yeah. Here we have the older camp counselor explaining the whole Cropsy legend. And I, w I want to say this guy maybe was supposed to be one of the younger kids. I could be wrong, though. Now, who do you like better, Cropsy or Crowley? <sighs> to be real honest with you, I kind of like Cropsy better. Yeah, I didn't. I, I thought Hatchet 1 was, was okay. You know, I actually yeah. got a couple chuckles out of it. Part 2 is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, to me, they're just video movies, so I don't, I mean, like, like, I wouldn't, like, be, tell everybody they have to go see them, but when I sit down and watch them, I don't expect much, you know what I mean? You don't get much out of it. Did they ever make a third one? Yeah, they did. I, I actually have oh. the, have that on Blu-ray as well. How'd that one go? It's, um, it's almost exactly like part two, but instead of, like, those hillbilly hunters going to get Crowley... It's more like the cops all show up, and it's like a uh, bunch of cops with machine guns and shit, and they all get killed one by one, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have to say, though, um, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm kind of remiss that uh, Cropsy here and the burning, that we never got a burning two or three. No, you didn't get, and that's weird, because most of, some of these movies that made way less than this got right. four or five sequels. Yeah, I mean this. I mean this wasn't like a super huge 
smash out hit the way uh, Halloween was, but I mean, it, it didn't make some money here and there, and um, I don't know, you, you would have think, at least for the home video market, maybe three or four years later, they would have churned out another one, but I think maybe what happened was this being an early kind of Miramax thing, but not having their own company or something, maybe, maybe that's why, and getting released by a, some company called Filmways, and I don't, maybe just the rights were tied up somehow, you know what I mean? Maybe that's hasn't why... Gotten a re, hasn't gotten a remake either. No. Usually when movies don't get remakes, it's usually a rights issue as well. I know they they went the okay on the new Friday the Thirteenth and the Halloween movies are in, I think starting production on one of them. Yeah, but they've been saying that for three years now. Yeah, that's true. You also keep hearing different what the plot's going to be and everything too. So yeah, I'm surprised that Friday the Thirteenth next one hasn't happened sooner because that Friday the Thirteenth remake made a lot of money. Well, see that that's kind of the problem. You know, when I was looking at this other day was back when you had smaller companies, if anything was a hit, like, I mean, if anything literally just made a little bit of profit, they would they would make a part two. But the problem with Friday the 13th in terms of the remake was it made $80 million. But to the company that made it, $80 million isn't a lot of money, so they just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, and, and that I know that's more than double what it cost. Oh, yeah, triple. Damone trying to get fresh air in the woods. Yeah. Now, do you think this version of Damone in the burning would take this girl uh, to the abortion clinic, or do you think he would help his dad clean out the garage? I think he. I don't think he'd help his dad clean the garage. I think he'd help his friend change a tire. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I never got that. He, he didn't take the girl for the abortion because, you know, he had to help his dad clean the garage. Yet. So she went herself, and Judge Reinhold picked her up. Yeah. Apparently, I missed work because of it. Yeah, apparently, Damone, the young high school businessman, didn't realize the economics of an abortion cost versus raising a baby for eighteen years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever talked to the girl again, did he? No, I don't think so. He like she would come up to him in the hallway at school, and he would kind of like. Uh, blow her off say he's real busy or something like that because her friend carved shit in his car yeah what she write that cocksucker wasn't it no it was like little dick or something it was something like that cocksucker was from the crush yeah. I think I don't remember lots of cars get vandalized in movies <clears throat> now this scene with with the fake Damone and jumpsuit Sally here I always get the feeling from looking at this scene, wouldn't you say that maybe they filmed the scene during daytime and then did a Night of Living Dead 90 process that kind of blew it up to make it seem like it was nighttime? Possible. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like dusk anywhere. No, and it's, like, there's nothing that's, like, actually in shadows, if you know what I mean. Like, everything's clearly lit. It's just bluish tint. Wow, we had some bush there. Yeah. That was okay back then. Yeah. I will say, even though there's not a lot of drop-dead gorgeous uh, girls in this movie, at least the, the, you know, the, the, the ones that they got to do the nude roles, they're all, you know, they had good bodies. Yeah, I mean, they all looked okay. Yeah. I mean, they, for what they would, you know, the, the, the look of the 80s woman is much different than the look of today's woman. Yeah. Whereas, 
back then plastic surgery literally was only available to millionaires where now you can get an installment plan at a strip mall to get a boob job oh yeah I think I think like my wife watches that WWE divas mm-hmm. you can tell they all go to the same doctor they have the mandatory boob job <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that always turn out the same way they all look the same yeah exactly except Natalia yeah well, Natalia has a shorter frame, so her stocky boobs are slightly different. I don't find any of the divas attractive, cousin. Really? I like, um, I like Natalia. I'm trying to think. I think Paige would be pretty in real life if you saw her before she got into wrestling. But I think her wrestling look is atrocious. I will say that. I think TNA has some hot women. Oh, I agree. Almost all the TNA women are better looking than the divas. Mm-hmm. Now, let's really double down on this. Do you think Dixie Carter is better looking than the Divas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think she's better looking than Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, Stephanie McMahon wasn't bad until she got super worked out, and then that made her implants go, like, really strange. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they're kind of weird looking. But yeah. she's she's pretty hot, and she's rich. Yeah, <laughs> she's rich. I sure wouldn't done mind getting and parting up with mm-hmm. her. I think I think Triple H said this exact same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. See though, I would be I would up one up Triple H. Like if I was planning on doing that, I'd be trying to get with Linda. That's where the real money is. After she divorces Vince, that's right. Now here we have Jumpsuit Sally looking for a jumpsuit, completely naked, keeps rubbing her boobs for warmth. Meanwhile, Damone is just rolling all around in this dirty old cold lake, isn't he? I know, like, how nasty was that bitch's pussy or something? I mean, like, he's trying to rinse off. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Crossy did a good job of, like, spreading the clothes throughout the woods here. Mm-hmm. He took his time. He takes pride in his stalking work. Yeah. Now, this is the actual first kill at the camp. Excuse me. Jumpsuit Sally. That's a, that's a pretty effective effect there. Slit in the throat, blood coming out of the mouth, and then the scissors getting stabbed into the tree. Hey, once again this week, my dog is coming to say hi. I think my dog has visited us on every show. I think so. I think you got no more room left to talk about Bird. Yeah, he didn't hear mine barking. Yeah. Bird has a whole pack, though. You can't outdo Bird with the sheer numbers of dogs he has. No, he's got them loud dogs. Yeah. You know, sometimes sometimes I think he just... Yeah, Bird Bird is a fellow podcast. Sometimes I think Bird just keeps the back door open of his house so stray dogs can wander in as well. He might maybe keeps like food out for him or something. He alerted them. He puts a bowl out when it's podcasting time. That's why he's always distracted. He's worried about the dogs. Yeah, it's not that he hasn't done any prep work. The senior camp counselors here find Damone. He slept out the whole night in the woods. How did he sleep out there the whole night and not get killed by Cropsy? How did he sleep on the dirty grass? Yeah, not knowing where the girl was. Yeah, no. You know, they're, they're trying to blame the disappearance of Jumpsuit Sally, a.k.a. Karen, on him. But he's got the perfect alibi showing why he's innocent. He just yells out her name. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know she was gone. He just fell asleep. Yeah, oh, he didn't care. He swam in that dirty lake all night. Mm-hmm. That would tire you the hell out. 
I don't know why they're all getting down on him. Yeah. Obviously, none of these camps have you signed that form that you're not going to fuck co-workers. Yeah. And even if you did, when you were 18, 19, 20 years old, that form wouldn't mean nothing. No. She would be prettier if she had better teeth. Who, the blonde here? Yeah, see, look at her teeth. They're not bad, they're just big. They're big. They're pretty she got white. Horse teeth. Yeah. She isn't a real blonde, I don't think. Mm. I think maybe that lighter or darker blonde color towards the end of her hair might be real. Might be her true color. I don't think the curtains match the drapes here, buddy. <laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> like how the other girls aren't even calling her name. They're just standing there. Uh-oh. Yeah. No... Obviously, this being an 80s movie, you're not going to see no full frontal male nudity. But we did see the girl there who had a good-sized uh, bush. Now, do you think these, you know, the sexual, you know, tryst of these camp counselors together, do you think when these guys pulled down their pants, it was just like a huge, like, you could be you know, like fucking woodberry patch coming out that these girls had to deal with? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I don't think guys back then groomed either. Mm-mm. <clears throat> I didn't get it, but I like them furry women. That's just gross. Yeah. Like, I wonder I wonder if back before people, like, trimmed their body hair, if, like, when you saw a woman's bush, like, you know, a woman's, like, 35 years old, is that the same bush she grew as a 14-year-old? Yeah, no kids, like an afro. Yeah, it never went away. Mm-mm, she didn't have, see, back then, they didn't have sideburns. They had them big mutton chops. Yeah. I hate how he keeps carrying around that pellet gun, like, he's really packing heat. <laughs> yeah. And it's no coincidence that he has the wackiest fake clothing, too. Now he has, like, a jacket zip-up that's supposed to be his shirt. He kind of looks like a younger, skinnier Edward Norton. Not yeah. Edward Norton, I'm sorry, Ed Furlong. Yeah, I can see that if Edward Furlong didn't get him the hair on. Yeah, it's, that's a tragic career loss right there. It was because I really he... thought the Crow 4 was going to put him back on the map. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, he was actually a pretty good actor, I thought. Oh, yeah, he was. Who didn't love The Crow Part 4? I don't know. It was pretty good to me. Because you figure he did really good in Terminator 2, and then he, uh, and then he did good in, uh, what do you call it, American History X. Yeah, I think... I think that, and there was one called Little Odessa, where Tim Roth played his older brother, who was a Russian hitman. I think that American, yeah, I think that one in American History X shows how good of an actor he could have been. Yeah, same for Edward Norton. He's just an idiot. Yeah, Edward Norton doesn't do any good movies anymore. No, he doesn't. And much like. Much like last week when you left me, I gotta make, I gotta have you covered now for me for a second, cousin. I'll be right back. Okay, mute your microphones. So here we go. We're basically dealing with the aftermath of Karen's death, but to everybody else, it's a disappearance, obviously, because they don't know she's dead yet. And here we have the jock guy. Now he's making the same mistake Damone did. He's uh, kissing all over this girl, pinned up against a tree. I mean, clearly, you know. 
the awareness of uh, sexual assaults and all this and what's appropriate behavior, you know, much different standards in 1981 than there is now. But it's kind of funny because uh, the canoes were let loose. They can't go down river to find everybody. So, you know, instead of just walking along the riverbed here or lake bed here, they're, they're actually making brand new rafts, just making it much more for easier for Cropsey to uh, crawl around here. Get the Cropsey vision here, all Vaseline around the edges of the camera. Yeah, we're in full-on pushy, grabby rape mode with this jock guy here. I mean, this is getting entirely inappropriate here. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Fortunately, this girl keeps tempting him. I don't know what the hell she was thinking. All right, I'm back, cousin. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a rape in progress going on right now. I was informed another one of my son's fish died. Oh no, <laughs> that, that fish tank is becoming a catastrophe. It it is. So now I I realize that I'm gonna be buying two fish tomorrow morning. Yeah, for a grand total of thirty eight cents. Mm hmm. I missed a rape in progress. Yeah, there is actually two different scenes. That's pretty much all I covered while you're going. There's two different scenes where that jock guy was pinning that blonde up against a rock, then a tree, and pulling her shirt off. And, like, he agreed to calm down for a second, and then the next scene he's got her up against a rock doing it, you know, trying to rip her clothes off again. I'm trying to figure out why they have these old homemade job rafts. They didn't have any more canoes at that camp. No, what I was saying was uh, Cropsey actually let all the canoes go so that they, you know, they, they couldn't really do anything. Ah, uh, that's right. Because <coughs> I was like, what, did they blow the canoe rental budget early? Yeah. Here's the infamous scene coming up right here. Yeah, it takes a little while. This really is just a sea. It looks a lot like Eddie Furlong. Yeah, it does. And a cross between Eddie Furlong and DJ Quails. Yeah, I could actually really see that. If they, if they did a, I think he's a good actor. He's just too creepy looking. Yeah, I think his. I think if he would have been smart about it and slowly put on weight through exercise and training, I think he could have had a a, a more normal acting career. Don't you? Yeah, he, I mean, he was on Supernatural every year or so. Yeah, it's a semi steady paycheck, I guess. He was also in Hustle and Flow. That's right, and uh, the new guy. Yeah. I actually rewatched the new guy about two or three months ago on Netflix stream. And I was like, because it just reminded me of the last era of when you can make a cheap movie and put it out in theaters. So that's what the new guy reminded me of. Yeah, I remember Vanilla Ice was in it too. Yeah, he was. was he at the re didn't he work at the record store. I think so. What kind of predated his, all his Adam Sandler appearances? Mm. I never saw the one. That's my boy. Oh, I love that movie. Everybody hates it. I love it. Because to me, it's the last, or like, it's like the real Adam Sandler humor. You know what I mean? Just very wacky, bizarre. It's actually R-rated as well. Yeah, I don't know why I never saw it. It's just it's not for lack of trying. I just never did. Yeah. I haven't picked up the Blu-ray when it went on $5. I never finished watching Ted, though. I won't lie to you. I didn't find it funny. I gotta be honest, you know how many movies I go to see, cousin? I didn't bother with Ted 2. And I've seen the first one, but I just, I was like, I don't I don't need more of that, you know what I mean? 
Says McFarlane, that that's one guy who ran out of material fast. And if you don't believe us on that, go watch his Western movie. I haven't seen that one either. No, it's it's pretty this one. Now here we have the perfect build up, and this is the scene that this movie's famous for. Is when they're on the homemade raft, which obviously their paddles suck, so they're going real slow. They see a, a canoe floating in the middle of the lake, so they're rushing to get up to it. And there's a long build up here, and they come up on the canoe. And what's going to happen? Crossy pops right up out of it with his shears. Oh, great slaughter here. Everybody getting sliced, getting cut. Fingers cut off. Yeah, Fisher Stevens. Well, fingers cut off. Blood spraying. Right in the throat. Damone. Yep, he gets it the worst. And I saw Tom Savini talk about this scene and how he would mix the shots of like the rubber scissors with the real one going into the wood. And it, that does help sell it when you see all the hacking and slashing and you see the real scissors going into the wood. Nice red fade out. And I gotta say, compared to like the other serial killer or whatever, you know, monsters of the time, Cropsy did a good job in isolating the people. Um, you know, taking off plan. Yeah, like he really did have a plan to lure people out. So he can pick them off one by one or a group here or there, and that the other ones it'd be too late before they even knew what was going on. Breaking this down though as a horror movie, I'm starting to find that it's actually a real dull horror movie. Well, to be be honest though, if you watch the first couple of Friday Thirteenth, none of them were fast paced at all. No, the, the first Friday Thirteenth, I didn't really care for. I. Uh, I was I didn't really get on board with that series till probably part four, you know, the last one. Yeah, I mean, I like them all, but in terms of what we think of as a Friday the 13th movie, I don't think the series hit its stride really to part three, because part three was the one where they really start killing people off quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, even in Hot Winter, this is a Halloween 2 is the best slasher. He well, only kills a few people in that movie. Not only that, but, but see, whereas this movie, like you're saying this is dull because there's not a killing going on, at least you have a camp movie you can, you know, you fall back on. Yeah. Whereas Halloween 2, he's not doing a lot of killing, but they're just in an empty hospital. I was going to say, that's a pretty low. How do all those people have jobs? You usually at Halloween, aren't there a lot of accidents? Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody playing tickle games in the woods while everybody's getting slaughtered at the lake. Mm-hmm. That was also the other formula. You know, these movies that teach you sex in the woods was evil. Yeah. Or just sex in general. Because usually after you fucked, you got killed. That was kind of uh, the motto of the day. Sex equals death. That's why I found uh, Jason uh, in space kind of funny. Like, we're teenage girls from 80s Camp Crystal Lake having premarital sex and smoking marijuana. Yeah. I thought Jason Goes uh, Jason goes to Space was a pretty damn good movie, to be honest with you. Oh, I loved it. I had a great time in the theater. That was a movie that would have been bootlegged for about a year before it hit theaters. Yeah, it got delayed <clears throat> for the release. Here we have the jock who's been borderline raping this girl all movie long. She finally consents to have sex. And what happens? He I, I, I can't get a boner or he comes too fast or whatever, but he blows it. He obviously was not taking Tania lessons. 
know. Although he kind of, in the face, he kind of looks like a young Tennille. A little bit, but, you know, if you want to learn how to rape, you don't need Bill Cosby, you need the Tennille. Yeah. Oh, I think Tennille was uh, much more versed in that than Bill Cosby. Oh, because the Tennille didn't need drugs. Yeah, the Tennille didn't have to wait till you fell asleep at all. No, he he put you to sleep. <laughs> exactly. And I was saying while you were gone, you know, the the what do you call it, the tableaus, the mores of the day, were actually much different in 1981 than they are now. Because this guy is like so pushy and all over this girl, and she she wasn't into it at first, and then she got into it first. I think that's a little irresponsible. This film kind of teaching the the no means yes mentality of would be rapists. You know, like this girl shouldn't have. Uh, she shouldn't have uh, encouraged this, like, kept saying no, and then finally gave in, you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes you think that women want, like, some jerk and everything like that. Yeah. Not that he's going to be around much longer. No. I, I, I bet when Cropsey <clears throat> sees kids fucking around in the woods, it just makes him hate them more. Because he, he, he can't have sex with women anymore. He's too burned up, you know? He could. He might just flake. Yeah. Just skin might flake off. This is very Friday the ter- the the thirteenth esque, you know, when he when he's coming when you see the shots coming through the woods and the cameras like brushing like, yeah. the uh, the leaves back one by one with the Vaseline on the camera. Yeah, I think that's really what it was. To be honest with you, it makes sense because it is smeary and it looks wet too. I want to know how sharp he's got them fucking edge clippers. I bet I, Sometimes I have a hard time cutting my hedge with mine. Well, I think these are brand new. They're pretty glistening and shiny. Yeah, what, shouldn't they be dirty? He must take good. He must autoclave his shit before he kills other people. He got to keep it sterilized. Well, he definitely would know where all the equipment was to sharpen it up at the camp. So he's got that going for him. Yeah, that's true. Now, I don't really, that's one thing they never really say here, but, like, why did everybody just start sleeping out in the woods? I mean, a girl is missing. What if there was a killer? Like, you just wanted to all be in the woods by yourselves? Yeah, I don't get that. You think you'd be in the cabin with your door locked. Yeah. And why would you follow someone in the woods, especially someone who's been harassing you anyway? Well, yeah, you missed it, but he was uh, spying on the guy when he when the guy was trying to rape the girl earlier. He likes to watch. Yeah. As we saw when he was in the girl's shower before. Mm-hmm. But he looks like a creepy perv. Yeah. I have to say, though, for this movie, like, really dragging it out, like, uh, probably was like, you know, other than the hooker getting killed at the beginning, probably the first kill wasn't, like, 45 minutes in because the big boat scene was, like, literally one hour into it. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have to say, they do do a good job of once, like, Cropsey really gets going here, he kind of never lets up, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he's, only, he's he's down to twenty minutes to kill all these people. Yeah, but <clears throat> he's on the time frame. Yeah, but it's at the same time it's not super rushed because he's not like Jason. He still has to take the time to walk around the camp. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jason, but he he doesn't have any plans. He just goes straight around killing. Yeah. Oh, here we go. And that was a good kill right there. Yep. Pull, pulling it back, pulling it back so slow, then Cropsey comes out of the bag to stab him in the throat. 
That's a camera shot that's been ripped up by Sam Raimi. Yeah, I was going to say Always. Sam Raimi. Yeah. Sam Raimi's not a talented director. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. It. Yeah. He's hot. He's a great effect, though, because you can even see the scissors coming out of the guy's back there. Yeah, these I mean these special effects are great in this film. They still hold up, I think. They're like they're not super elaborate like Friday thirteenth where people have heads getting chopped off. But at the same time, like the physicality of those scissors going in everybody's body, it's it's gets sell, sold pretty well, I think. Oh, I think the uh the effects in American Werewolf in London are better than like, say, the new Wolfman. Oh yeah, I agree, so. That was Rick Baker, I think, did American Werewolf, didn't he? Well, let's see. Yeah. Cause, uh, I even like the sequel. The sequel had some horrible CGI, though. Yeah, but it was kind of fun. Wasn't that the American Werewolf in Paris? Yeah, that was. But it's one of those movies you can enjoy. Like, you don't have to worry about it being a sequel, because it really doesn't have much to do with the original. I don't think it has anything to do with it, does it? Just work, just an American in a European country. Pretty yeah. much it. Now, if they ever did the American Werewolf at a hostel, that would be pretty good. Yeah. I just gave Eli Roth his next movie. I want to see American Werewolf in Mexico. That would be awesome. Yeah. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, starring Danny Trejo. Yeah. Danny Trejo stars as a young 19-year-old <laughs> college boy. <laughs> Takes an overseas trip to Mexico. He could pull it. If anyone could pull it off, it'd be Danny Trejo. I agree, so. There's machete kills in space. Yeah, I want that movie. I got a feeling it might not happen. I, I was actually hearing that it might, even though machete kills flop, but we'll see. I never thought machete kills would ever happen. I didn't think machete kills was going to flop that bad. No, it was one of the lowest gross. A again, I don't want to get too sidetracked because we do have the finale of the burning really starting to ramp up here, but... Uh, you know, these these people, the way they go and they see their CGI blockbuster or whatever, and then they take a stand against little movies, and, you know, everybody makes their mind up before they see it, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's funny how it's it's mostly the smaller movies that get the harsh criticism. Oh, yes. The big-budget movies are all fantastic. Yeah, if you got a CGI dinosaur, you're getting an Oscar for best screenplay. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, for all his, what I, this is what I really like about this movie is Backner here for being the weird pervy whatever, spying on all the girls and doing all this stuff. Like, I wouldn't exactly say he becomes the hero here because he's not, but he kind of becomes the final victim because Cropsy yeah. wounds this guy and then chases Backner. Doesn't realize this guy's still alive, but uh, Backner kind of becoming the final victim. It goes, it, you know, especially how weird his character is too. It, you know, it goes against the cliche of the pretty girl at the end getting chased around. You know what I mean? Yeah. They Instead of the pretty girl, they got the weird guy. Yeah. And I got to say, for the most part, uh, you know, th there's this body, uh, this uh, raft of body parts floating down that everybody's going to find. But Jason Alexander, he really not—he really never got touched by the horror in this story. They know not to fuck with him. Yeah. He wears football shirts. <laughs> yeah. That girl in the, the pink is... Uh, is uh, pretty um what do you Busty. say yeah yeah i'm surprised they didn't feature her more in the movie mm -hmm. again another another great uh suspense moment here 
And uh, I actually think I did see parts of this on cable way back in the day, because I do remember this part of the girl swimming out and finding the raft of body parts. But uh, see, I don't think I ever did. I got the, uh, I had, I saw it on uh, home video when I was in my when I was a teenager. Yeah, as far as far as like actually to actually sit down and watch the whole movie, I don't think I did until the DVD came out. But I just remember this one part right here. Uh, stuck in my mind as a kid. A lot of these movies all kind of blend together, too. That is true. Everybody going crazy and shouting. But it's it's just a bunch of body parts. It's not like uh, Cropsy's on the raft. That would have been cool if he was. Yeah. I guess that was Fisher Stevens' arm. Yeah, there's the rest of Fisher Stevens. I like how it fades out to, like, blood. Yeah, did that a couple of times during the slaughter scenes. It's pretty good. <laughs> Original touch. And, like, that's what I say. Like, I mean, this movie, when I read reviews and stuff, and it's gotten a lot of internet reviews since the DVD came out about five, six years ago, is people lump this as being a generic slasher movie, but I think there's enough memorable parts out of it. Like, it's... You know, there really are some generic camp slasher movies that, like, they're all exactly the same. I, I wouldn't call this one of those. No, this is almost like watching a camp, coming-of-age camp film right. with some slasher in it. Yeah, because it's almost like, the way they approach this movie is it's almost like kind of the approach that Fast Times has, where it's just like, it's more of everybody growing up and doing whatever, and... Cropsy's more just like another thing in life you have to grow up and overcome instead of just being the entire focus. Fast Times is really depressing, though. It's more depressing than this, and this is about somebody killing people. Yeah. I mean, I guess Fast Times is more depressing, although, you know, everybody lives out of it. Whereas about 20 people die in this one. I think my thing is I just don't like how they always promote Fast Times. It's like this great 80s comedy. It's not a funny movie. Well, I think it's just because, like, over time, the only thing people remembered was the funny parts with Spicoli. Yeah, he was good, but, yeah, he was the comic relief. There are some funny scenes in it, though, like, when the cheer, like satirical, when the cheerleaders in Fast Times are trying to have the pep rally, and, and, like, nobody gives a shit, and the one girl, I think it's Kelly Maroney, says, like, you know, it takes a lot to get up here and do something that, you know, nobody cares about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I find great humor. He's helping his dad clean the garage. Yeah. That and I find it funny that a guy loses his job at a hamburger place in the mall and suddenly his life goes to shit. <laughs> well, if that is your life, I guess it would. I actually find it interesting. Like, look at like even these little twelve-year-olds rowing hard and all this. Like they're they're like these twelve year old kids are all chasing a killer who's killed like nine people already. Yeah. What are they gonna do when they find them? Maybe they're all gonna gang. Well, they're gonna stand behind Jason Alexander. <laughs> but am I right? That's a completely different football shirt than he had on before. Yeah, that's all he has are football shirts. <laughs> yeah. But they're not like football shirts from a team. It's just a fake football jersey. Yeah. Thanks, Mean Joe Green. Yeah. Maybe he gave him a Coke or something. Yeah. Oh, we got some Cropsy Vision. Wearing his yellow gloves. <laughs> yeah. 
Wouldn't it be great if there's like a scene of like Cropsy going through the woods? You think he's stalking somebody, and then he just finds some hedges to trim out there. <laughs> yeah, it would keep up the foliage. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, I like Tenebrae, and I thought Suspiria was pretty cool. I'm done with Giallo's. I got nothing, nothing good to say about any more of them. T- Tenebrae is actually my favorite Giallo of all time. I love it. It's, that's actually just a genuinely good film. It really is. <laughs> I remember they told me torso. Torso is the best. You got to get torso. I got like 45 minutes into that movie and I posted when I was still on the Facebook. I'm watching torso. When the fuck is something going to happen already? I got all them hate posts. You just don't understand. There's a killer on the loose. And it's like, who cares? So you would definitely rate the burning higher than torso, is what you're saying? Uh, yes, I rate most things higher than Jalos. Jalos are very boring to me. Yeah. I, mean, I can't name. I can't name any good ones. Can you? Giallos? Nah. I mean, be honest with you, I like the Dario Argento ones because I like the way he shoots them. But like everybody brings up Deep Red, which I mean, it's a pretty good movie, but it's it's like so really slow. long. It's not even that slow, it's just long, but but as far as, like, a Giallo that's actually a good movie, I think Tenebrae's the best. I think Terror at the Opera is good, their gentle film, but that's almost a slasher to me. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. But, like, that one has a lot of themes and stuff with the opera and other shit going on, too. It's, it, it's I don't know, it's, it, it's not just all black gloves in front of the camera, you know? Those Fulshin movies stink. Fulci was like, if Dario Argento tried to make a movie in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his movies suck. I don't know if I've ever seen a good Blue Show Fulci film. Although, I gotta say, just for, like, entertainment value, New York Ripper's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, you know what? We did a show where Jimmy O was gonna prove that that was the greatest film ever made. He has not done that yet. <laughs> was that around the time all of a sudden... <laughs> Jimmy O uh, took a hiatus from podcasting. Jimmy O argued his point real well as to why I liked it. He just couldn't convince me. Now, what... he, he actually bought the movie for me, though, so... Oh, you can't complain about that. The movie's kind of funny, but... Uh, I... Yeah, I need to pick up that Blu-ray someday. Because I actually do like New York Ripper. It's just funny. The... Out of the three Fulci movies I had to watch for that show, that was the best of the three. Do you like City of the Living Dead? No. Really? I don't like zombie either. That, that one has a... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest, I really like the zombie part at the end when they're just in the shack and just shooting the wave after wave of zombies that come yeah. in. I like that part. Yeah, but there's an hour and 25 minutes before that. There, he finally got caught by Cropsy. Cropsy. What, 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 I never could stand, tell. It is spooky, so I understand why they shot there. But what do you think that little house is, that, that concrete like house that they're in? Like, What is that? It's like a bomb shelter or something. It seems like, huh? Because I, I remember like, uh, when I, like when I was a young kid growing up in Ohio, we would take trips to like uh, parks and stuff like where you could stay and you know, there's cabins and stuff. And we, when you do the the trails, you would sometimes see like remnants of like concrete structures like that. But I never understood what the hell they were. My what I can't understand is this guy's a burn victim. How hard could he be to punch and be put in a lot of pain? Yeah, that is true. 
But then again, nobody's really getting good hits in on him, right? Like he's... No, he keeps stabbing him with the long-range shears. Yeah, like he, he just pinned Backner against the <laughs> wall there. He's at least carrying a weapon, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's got an axe. He's got a hatch. Yeah. Another similarity. He's got a hatchet, Crowley, Cropsy. And I, I, yeah, I will say that they uh, they do a good job here of uh, making this little um, like house, concrete house, seem like it's um, like a labyrinth or something. Like it's real hard to get through. Yeah, like I'm, he's going through the whole big corn maze. Yeah. I like the way it's always lit. You know, yeah. with just the holes in the place with the shadows of light coming in. Yeah, they did a good job of making this movie atmospheric. This layer. Is there train tracks in there? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Maybe this was the entrance to a, like a coal mine or something. Could have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at those shafts of light shooting in. This is really great horror movie suspense lighting here. Okay, you said mine, Chef. Where are you at with my bloody Valentine? Love it. I do, too. Most people shit all over that one nowadays. Yeah, people who say the remake was better, I don't know... I, I really don't think they've seen the original. I like the remake a lot. That was good 3D. Yeah, I have the 3D version of it. It's fun to watch in 3D, but as far as an actual movie, no, the original's way better. They're not even that similar, to be honest with you. No, they're completely different. <laughs> I'll tell you the one that I think's overrated is The Prowler. You know, you know I, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, because that's another one I watched for the effects for Tom Savini. I thought I would love it. I didn't. Even, I never even finished watching it. Well, the effects are good, but the everything in between is bad. I couldn't stand the slow nineteen forties flashback or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. That one just got real famous because it played on cable all the time. Yeah, and it's a really cool box. Yeah. Well, the killer looks cool, but you just—I don't know. I guess I didn't make it far enough to really see him. I just wanted to see that famous pitchfork in the shower kill. Yeah, I mean it's a good. I have the the DVD. I don't. I think it's got a Blu-ray release now. Yeah, I think it did from Blue Underground or somebody. I guess this is a mining shaft because there's these little carts on those train tracks are everywhere. You gotta drive it down and fight the guy from My Bloody Valentine. I don't remember it. Harry Warden. Yeah, you can make a great Warden versus Cropsy film here. My money be on Harry Warden. He's got all that stuff on, so he's kind of armored up. That is true. Whoa. The hero here. To dodge the rail car, he jumped through a wooden wall. Now he's going to see Cropsey's uh, lair here. Which it seems like Cropsey's lair is like still photos of dead people. Yeah, he's got a low, he's got a real low lair. <laughs> yeah. At least in the Friday 13th remake, Voorhees had tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> I remember everybody shit all over that. I didn't really get why. I honestly, I, did, I didn't like it just because I found it boring compared to the other ones. Like I felt like I don't know if it was a problem with the ratings or what, but there were so many. Just it seemed like half the people just backed up slowly into Jason and then turned around. I got bored with that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I just didn't have a problem that he had an underground layer of tunnels. Oh no, I didn't care about any of that. I just, I don't know. He's got to pass the time somehow. Just wasn't that crazy about it. I would sit down and watch it again sometime. 
Yeah, I liked that. I, I watched, I bought it and watched it, and I, it's never been on since, but I remember enjoying it. Yeah. See, see this part here, when Cropsey comes out with the flamethrower, and then the guy has the flashback, I think he was one of the younger kids that burned Cropsey up. Well, you know, he's got his flamethrower. He's holding that better than the exterminator. Yeah, exterminator didn't do a too good job with his flamethrower, I didn't think. It's not even a very good movie, in my opinion. No. Part two is a little more fun. Cropsey dished his hat. And what I like, what I like about this is uh, the burned-up version of Cropsey. You can tell it's the, it's the, you know, it looks like the guy that they burned up. Yeah. It's not just like a, a melted skin mask. Like you can see the features that it was the other guy. I'm just proud that nothing happened to Jason Alexander. Yeah, he's still uh, on the boat searching for survivors down the river. He probably oh, rode right past already. Yeah, he's probably got another football shirt on. Probably. He's getting ready to take that one off. Yeah. This is a good... This is a long, good, suspenseful showdown in Cropsey's lair, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. I like how bad guys always have big lairs. Yeah. I mean, you would need one, really. Yeah, you gotta sleep somewhere. Yeah, you gotta sleep, and you get... And it has to be a place that, like, it's big enough that you can hide and sleep in, because you don't want the cops finding you while you're taking a nap. And you gotta have the equipment to sharpen your weapons. Yeah. Cropsey's idea of home defense here was the flamethrower, apparently, because he never busted it out at the camp. Mm -mm. He's a scissors man. Yeah. <laughs> like those wrestling shirts that say I'm a Paul Heyman guy. Cropsey has one that says I'm a scissors man. Yeah, my hedge clipper man. <laughs> yeah. Do they actually make I'm a Paul Heyman guy t-shirts now? Yeah, I see people in the crowd wearing them. He manages one guy. Exactly. Whoa, finally the full, the, the really full-on close-up of Cropsey there. Lighting up the flamethrower again. I have to say, I don't know. I mean, as as a character, he doesn't have as much personality as Freddy, but in terms of the makeup, I think I think Cropsey is equally scary looking, honestly. Freddy went from, you know, having lines to just being shtick. Yeah. Now, do you think Cropsey, uh, Cropsey had the ability to speak, or he just didn't want to? Probably not. I think his vocal cords are probably burned up. Yeah. That's my guess. I could be wrong. Yeah. I like how we get a good montage of everybody that Cropsey killed again, so we get to see the special effects one last time. Plus, they needed a few more minutes to make it 90 minutes. That's true. <laughs> Bagner finally pulled the, the uh, shears out of his arm. How ironic... How ironic is it that Cropsey the Killer was made because of a burning. He killed everybody with shears. Then he got stabbed with shears. And then they're about to burn him up again right here. How sad is it that two guys much younger, not burned on 90% of their body, can't double-team this guy? <laughs> yeah. Well, that just speaks to how badass he really is. Oh, yeah. Here comes the rescue helicopter that can seat about three people. Like, there's really nobody, like 
hurt except for Backner. Like, who all were they going to rescue? I can't figure out how they got contact with the rescue helicopter. Yeah, they kind of just showed up. There was no cell phones back then. Uh -uh. I guess that's that's what they were rowing to to place to get a call help for call uh, call for help out. Oh, Crossy, he ain't going down that easy. That was a nice shot there. Now you got to burn. Whoa, axe to the head. Now you got to burn him up. He didn't get. This man really needs to find out what he soaks his clothes in because he <laughs> engulfs in flames too easy. <laughs> that's part of that's part of his uh, code of ethics as a killer. He'll chop everybody up, but he'll douse himself in gasoline to make it fair if you want to light him up. This, this guy really does kind of burn quicker than the average bear. And here we have the older guy, again, staring in marvel at the burning crops. He, having a, he had a, another flashback to when he burned crops as a kid. It's almost like he's burning on the... If you look at it from a distance, just quick. Yeah. I mean, I was... Yeah. Wasn't coming back from this, fans. No. I'm sure Jason or Freddy would have come back from that, but... Mm-hmm. Never found his body, they say. His spirit lives in the forest. Now we cut to a, a new group of camp people the following year telling the legend. But now the legend's actually true, right? You would think. Yeah, I mean, all that happened. Or, or maybe all this was the... Um, a legend all in itself. Maybe this never happened. It's playing my tricks on you. Mm -hmm. I think maybe these mind tricks and all this didn't really happen. Was it a legend? I think it's possible this was the influencer of Christopher Nolan's Inception. What do you think? Inception or definitely Batman Begins. Oh, I could see that too, definitely. Danny DeVito. I've always seen Inception, though, is a bunch of James Bond movies thrown together and put in upside down. See, I I thought Inception was, they came up with an idea just so they could recreate Bond scenes, and it was like an audition for Nolan to take over Bond. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's not that great a movie. No, it's not. I'll tell you what is a great of a movie, The Burning from 1981. Yep. And it's over. Yeah. Nice simple credits. They didn't have to wow you with graphics or anything. No credits back in this day were only a few minutes long. They're not the yeah. thirty-eight minute ordeal that like Marvel makes you sit through before you get a clip of the next movie. Well, you know what's funny is like I always wondered why credits now were so much longer than they were then, and then like I started actually reading the credits while I was waiting for the Marvel scene to pop up. You know why they're so long now? CGI. Oh yeah, a lot of people work on them. Takes four thousand. Back in the day, Tom Savini had a garage that he made all this shit in. Now they need four thousand people spread across the globe, from Mumbai to Bangkok, to a CGI in a Iron Man suit. Pretty soon, they're not even going to be movies anymore. Everything's just going to be CGI. I'd say that's almost there now. Yeah, it's basically all Robert Downey Jr. does is talk on a black screen. Yeah, and they superimpose his head over the body. Yeah, that's it, but he's making money off of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of money. Although, to be fair, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd much rather pay money to see Iron Man than see those Jurassic Park dinosaurs again. 
I haven't seen the new Jurassic Park yet, but I know you have a very vile distaste for it. I just feel like if you're going to make a part four, you just can't take all the action scenes from two and three and redo them. Now that's pretty cheap. Yeah. <clears throat> so I apologize for my voice today, fans. I guess I'm coming off a cold and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this to end so I can take more cold medicine. <laughs> and pass out. Wardrobe supplied by the Gap stores. Can you believe that? No, I can't. Maybe they're the manufacturers of football t-shirts. Yeah, those are some lousy uh, clothes there to be putting your name on. And there is the burning, and our lion comes back to yelp. I like how you see the little credit there and let you know it was filmed in western New York where the Cropsey legend remains to this day. Yes, as before every movie had to be filmed in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, back in the day, like, if you were going to, like, not in the city, of course, like, New York, L.A., it would cost a lot of money to film. But you, back in the day, you could film a movie in, like, the country of New York just as cheap as you could in Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot to say. I think we broke it all down. The burning, unfortunately, we never got a burning, too. I bet if it would have had wider distribution on VHS and all that, Maybe it could have been one of those movies that did well on video and we could have got a sequel, but just was never meant to be, I guess. We'll have to write the sequel. Yeah, we will. Who would you you get to play the guy who wears the football shirts in the sequel? I'm thinking Chaney Tatum. I'm thinking Jonah Hill. With the fake teeth? With fake teeth. Okay. Or maybe if I want to make that guy tougher, I'm going Kurt Angle. (laughs) <laughs> that, that could work I might actually pull a switcheroo and bring Brian Backner now that he's an older man I might bring uh, Brian Backner back and let him play the new Cropsey see now I was thinking Jason Alexander yeah but Backner had that weird character going on he he might have been so traumatized by Cropsey that he wanted to become him I think we should just get uh, Channing Tatum is officially a goal for Gambit that's right he quit for about two days but then he came back Mm-hmm. He saw that he saw what that check's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. He 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 quit Gambit so he could negotiate the rights to Magic Mike three and then he found out that wasn't happening. So. Yeah, his Magic Mike two I think bombed. <laughs> it did bomb. Even though it made less than Fantastic Four. That is Fantastic true. Four is the much bigger bomb. Yeah. Well Fantastic Four apparently contained a lot of hopes and dreams of a movie studio. Whereas back in the day, a movie like The Burning would just come out. If you liked it, you liked it. If not, not you know, like there wasn't all these articles written about how much is The Burning going to make this weekend. People just went, if they wanted to see some gory, you know, scissor stabbing going on. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it for the 1980s movie Graveyard. We resurrected The Burning this week. Next week we'll be back to dig up a whole new old movie. So catch us next time. We'll be in the balcony with the raisinets and the cotton candy and whatever else. We'll see you at the movies. Yeah.